Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We magnify you and we glorify your great name. We pray for the listeners of this week's podcast, as well as the new listeners. We pray for the victims and their families of another senseless mass shooting in Texas and Atlanta, Georgia. We pray the blood of Jesus over fibroids. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do In the name of the horn of salvation, Jesus Christ, amen. We continue our series on the teaching methods of Jesus. Last week, we learned that Jesus used listening and asking questions, Old Testament scripture reading, demonstration, illustration, and rhetorical questions to teach. This week, we begin with Jesus using discourse to teach in Luke chapter 6, Verses 20 through 39. Jesus began his sermon with a series of blessings and woes on his listeners. The items were placed in two sets of four four blessings and four woes, which parallel each other. The term blessed or happy describes an individual who trusts God, who hopes for and waits for him, and who fears and loves him. The emotional force of the Beatitudes contrasts with the false earthly estimation with the true heavenly estimation of one who is truly blessed. Earthly goods and values are subservient to the supreme good, God himself. Jesus would contrast the present in light of the future. The four blessed conditions are blessed when you are poor, blessed when you are hungry, blessed when you weep now, and blessed when men hate you. Jesus adds a clause to explain why they are blessed. The disciples had left everything to follow Jesus, and the crowds that followed Jesus were also poor. Those who followed Jesus were depending on his word that they would have the kingdom of God. My friends, Jesus is not saying that all poor people would be a part of the kingdom. He was saying that if you followed him, you would be a part of the kingdom. Those who were listening to him just happened to be poor. So, which is better, to be poor, follow Jesus, and have the kingdom, or to be rich, not follow Jesus, and not have the kingdom? Next, Jesus gave his listeners two promises. First, those who hunger will be satisfied, and second, those who weep will laugh. His listeners included his disciples, and they would be severely persecuted for following Jesus. My comrades for Christ, the missionaries working in the parts of the world where it is a death sentence to be a Christian, now they know about persecution, but they are blessed because they have aligned with Jesus Christ. The rich, the well-fed, the happy, and the popular all derive their satisfaction from the world. Jesus would also teach valuable lessons using contrast. In Luke 7th chapter, verses 36 through 50, Jesus is invited to a Pharisee's house to eat. Then an uninvited guest arrived, a woman from the city, who is described as a sinner. 
She brought a flask of fragrant oil and began to cry. She used the tears to wash the feet of Jesus. Then she used her hair to wipe his feet. Folks, in those days, the roads were not paved, and the combination of dirt, dust, and foot odor meant that washing of one's feet was customary for dinner guests. After the woman wiped Jesus' feet, she poured the expensive oil on the feet of Jesus and began to kiss his feet. The Pharisee, named Simon, commented that if Jesus was really a prophet, he would know what manner of woman she was, for she was a sinner. Then Jesus told Simon the parable of the two debtors. Luke chapter 7 verses 41 and 42 records these words. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? My brothers and sisters, when asked which one would love the lender more, Simon correctly responded that the one who was forgiven the larger debt would be more inclined to greater love. Then Jesus applied the parable to the woman. The woman had been forgiven much, and therefore she loved Jesus very much. Jesus was not implying that the Pharisee did not have much need for forgiveness. His point was that a sinner who is forgiven is naturally going to love and thank the one who has forgiven her. My friends, the praiseworthy thing about Jesus is that he has forgiven your sins and my sins. What's not to love about that? The woman realized she was a sinner and in need of forgiveness. In contrast, Simon saw himself as pure and righteous and therefore did not need to treat Jesus in a special manner. Simon did not greet Jesus with a kiss on the cheek. He did not anoint the head of Jesus with oil, as was the custom. He did not provide water and towels to wash the feet of Jesus. Simon did not think that Jesus could do anything for him. So the question is, are you the woman in need of forgiveness or are you Simon? Perhaps the most well-known teaching method of Jesus was through the use of parables and explanation. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. The parable of the soils is found in Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. As the crowds gathered, Jesus spoke this parable, that a sower went out to sow his seed. Some fell by the wayside and was trampled down, and the birds ate some. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell with thorns, and when the thorns sprang up with the seed, it was choked out. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. My friends, Jesus usually gave an explanation as soon as he tells the parable, but this time he did not. The crowds would have connected with the farmer throwing his seed out by hand, knowing that much of the seed would never germinate. So the crowd, along with the disciples, received the earthly story, but they all missed the heavenly meaning. Instead of explaining the parable to everyone, Jesus chose to explain it only to his disciples. The seed is God's word, 
and the soils was the different way people respond to the word. Some hear the word, and immediately Satan robs them and replaces it with his lies. They miss the opportunity to hear and be saved. Some people hear the word with joy and get excited, but as soon as tough times come, joy alone is not enough. God's word has not taken root to grow. Some will hear the word, but never meditate on it and absorb it into their daily life. The worries of life comes, the search for material success, and the pleasures of this world distracts from the time needed for the study of God's word, and so they never mature in God. The seed that hits the target shows through growth and maturity. The word is hidden in the believer for the tough times that will come. Mature disciples are a small percentage of those who hear and respond to God's word. Another method Jesus used was to teach his disciples by sending them out on a project. And that's found in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 11. He sent them with power and authority over all demons and the power to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. My friends, the disciples had seen Jesus at work ministering to people, and now it was their turn. Jesus endowed the disciples with the same power and authority that he had, showing that he was the Messiah sent to bring the kingdom of God. My friends, Jesus knew how to get his message across, and his message was for you to trust in him for eternal life, as he is able to forgive you of your sins and place you in right standing with God. Would you take him up on his offer of forgiveness and trust him today? Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to forgive us of our sins. We thank you for his sacrifice on the cross so that we can restore our relationship with you. In the name of the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, amen. And if you'd like to give your life to Christ, send an email to hello at greatministries.org and type in the words, Jesus saved me. That is your confession of faith. I'll get back to you with the next steps. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church, send your prayer request, as well as your praise reports and comments to our email address. Again, that's hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.